everyone, my name is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had the opportunity to hang out with Slyman over Zoom video. Slyman was born in Lebanon and then fled the country during the war with his family. He was you know, moved to Denmark at four years old, and he has such a powerful story of growing up in such a difficult situation where even today he does not have a country that he can claim as his own. And what I mean by that, he doesn't have citizenship in Denmark or in Lebanon. And he, he, he tells you this very inspirational story of, of growing up in Denmark in a very, very rough neighborhood, having to, to go the gang life to survive. Music was always a big part of his life. So he started writing poetry at an early age, eventually started putting out music, did his first concert. Two days later, he gets shot. He tells us that traumatic story that kind of put music on pause for about six, seven years for him. He ends up coming back, deciding he wants to pursue music again, puts out a song. It does very well, sends it around, ends up getting signed to Sony. We hear that story and how that record deal absolutely changed his life. Slyman talks to us about the most recent song he's released and how it is going to go hand in hand with the book he recently released, which is all about his life, turning his life around and helping people learn from the mistakes that he has made and the life that he grew up with and turning it into a positive. It's called Instead We Became Evil. I cannot wait to read the book. He has such an incredible story, so vulnerable, so open with us. So make sure to check out the video version of this interview. It's up now on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be rad if you subscribe to our channel. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be awesome if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Slyman. What's up, man? What's up? How are you? It's good. It's good. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. I'm super excited to, to chat with you. Yeah, me too. Awesome. Um, I'm Adam, and this is a podcast that's about you and your journey in music and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, looking forward. Cool. cool. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll, we always just start off where you're born and raised. Where were you born and raised? I was born in Lebanon in 82. And like, I think in 86 or 87, we like uh, ran away from Lebanon in the war and got to Denmark. So it's like September 86. September 86, you got to Denmark. Yeah, we started off in Germany, like for a couple of weeks, a month. And my dad was like, let's go further up north. And we ended up in Denmark. So, oh, my gosh. Do you like have any recollection of that? Like, you know, yeah, I remember we were like on a train station. It was like freezing cold that winter. And we like never seen snow in that in that amount, you know, so we're like up to knees with snow and all that. So. I just remember that picture in my mind. So us with our bags and all our lives and uh, uh, on our backs, and we just went off to Denmark from there. I can't even imagine. Like so, wow. It's. I mean, there's. So yeah, obviously, there's this war happening, and you just know that your your dad and your your family's like, okay, we we've got to get out of here, right? And yeah. you just you just 
you flee the country and uh, i mean where do you land you how do you even navigate that i don't even i wouldn't even know yeah i thought my i I think my dad was like in the refugee camp where we were and and inside in lebanon we were like my dad was working with the i don't know what you call the sewer systems there in Mm -hmm. in the the village and he was having the red cross so okay go with a red cross we can like get you out so we just went with a Red Cross like evacuation team. So, and we ended up in North Europe. So, oh my gosh. Wow. 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 Okay. So then you get to Denmark, you said 86. So that well, you've been about four years old then. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just, and then, I mean, I, I guess you being that young, you probably wouldn't notice. I mean, obviously you'd notice a change, but like, so growing up in Denmark, being then from Lebanon, was that a, a difficult? you know upbringing being from a totally different country and then you know moving there and what was that like what i recall was like it's like just the the transfer from like dust to green meadows you know like it's like Denmark is like green all over so i just remember like the way we were like accepted in the beginning by these like i don't know what you call them you would call like a lot of social people that was like working on NGOs and all that, mm-hmm. that like trying to welcome foreigners at that time. So we're like welcome with Danish music and folk songs and, and guitars. And that's my recollection of how we got like received in Denmark. Oh, so you kind of music kind of was a, a, a definitely a big part of that early on. Yeah. 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 Interesting. And, 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 and is that, something that drew you like into music and, and wanting to do what you're doing now? I think more of, the, of that inspiration came from my mom. So I think my mom was like the one who's like singing all the time and doing her own poems and trying to sing them while she was working in the kitchen. So I was like, I, I, I think she got me inspired to that. Okay. Did you pick up an instrument at all early on? Yeah, flute. Yeah. And oh, some cool. Bro- yeah. I was like for a lot of uh, gray hair for my mom. I was not that good on the flute, and so I think just like stuff that. But I think the melody thing that that I wanted to do, I like came from her. Yeah. Okay, and I know you you had t- definitely like a rough upbringing there for a, a while, right? Yeah, because we like we fell into that like that like. Um, cultural you know trap between who are you are you danish are you foreigner what are you and and trying to become like one with that is like sometimes you get lost and we lost like our compass if you can say that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so like like growing up are you in kind of a you know not so great area i know like you you ended up dropping out of high school from i'm just going off of what what i know as far as what i've read about you um and i would love to hear your kind of take on all of this and then how that you know, you were able to make that transformation into what you're obviously doing now, which is a totally a positive. Um, yeah, I think like in the beginning and like in, in the 80s until the start 90s, we had a good like we had a good run in Denmark and we're like feeling good. And like we got settled very good in Denmark. But at the end of the 80s and the beginning of the 90s, we started like getting into this cultural trap. And my dad was like feeling he's not getting anywhere with not getting any jobs and not getting into society really because we were like just parked on this social welfare, you know, and mm-hmm. just wait on there's, a re- there's like a resolution in the Middle East for us to come back. And that was like for him, 
I think what he went through was like, I was the one providing and doing anything, everything for the fam. Now I'm just getting a paycheck every month. Right. And, and we're not like uh, Danish in that sense. We couldn't like get into society. We didn't know the language so well. So I think he got lost. So he started like going backwards and grabbing on to the like, the patriarchal uh, view of things and this is wrong and this is wrong and and that's how our, our life like got a little bit uh, destroyed you know mm-hmm. and got some visits from our family my dad's mom came on visit and she was like your kids is too european and all that and that made a, a, a distinguishing between us settling in and us like getting on yeah, on a bad track yeah, right. It sounds like you you you, you didn't know whether you're going to stay or or try to to flee back, right? We changed lanes and at that point, so we um, yeah, it started to go like downwards from there. Mm-hmm. So we moved to like um, to Copenhagen, and we got into some like what you call it temporary homes until we find something like to be in, and we found a home in Copenhagen, the south of Copenhagen, and. And from there on, it's like I chose another path and it was like a different uh, vibe in the city, more violent, more, more, you know, if you're not like getting, if you're not beating someone up, you're getting beaten up. So it's like one of those two. So, and right, that got a survival mechanism. I mean, it sounds like you, I mean, having to move around that much, you're in now in another new environment. And yeah. you don't know anyone again, and you're kind of stuck in this limbo phase. Like, are we going to stay here for a while? Are we going to leave? Yeah. And then your surroundings, it sounds, I mean, you must have been totally, yeah, just thrown off guard of what's going on. And suddenly we didn't have our dad anymore. We were like alone with our mom and four kids. And in the south of Copenhagen, it was, it was a different vibe. It was just like another beat to the street, you know? So it was like, if you didn't, beat someone up you were getting beaten up it's like the first day i got here i was like in a fight the first day not because i instigated it or anything right i was like joe just walking down the street and three guys was like walking across the, the street just to get into me and like touch just me to on my fight you. yeah just to tell me hey you walked into us you know and well, that was like my first like experience here in this city so oh my gosh and then do you have to f- kind of find your own I mean, you have to get your, you, then you kind of attach to that, that lifestyle because you need people to protect you. I mean, if you don't do that right, you're setting yourself up to just be a victim. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that's like the main thing of, or main thing that made me like think either I'm going to beat someone up or I'm going to get beaten up. So Mm -hmm. for like a year or two years where we were like in the beginning when I was here, I was like, there was like white pride groups down the city and they were like in a lot of fights with foreigners in this city. So it was like a very violent temperature and uh, uh, environment that was like either you like, you like with the white trash or the, the black trash, you know, it's like two, what I would call it like a basement society. So if I wasn't like getting beaten up by the, the white pride guys it was my own types that were that was beating me up. So at one time I was like, I gotta fight back, you know. I cannot just keep on taking these hits, you know. So I gotta uh-huh. hit back. So at one time I was like, today I'm gonna fight back. So one of these 
white pride guys was like pushing me around uh, around the store so i was like today i'm gonna fight back and i fought him back and by accident he fell down on a bicycle uh, stand you know so it was like i got over him and i won the fight and suddenly i was like the the new uh, uh, what you call it number one guy in the city oh, so you kind of proved yourself then or yeah, yeah. They didn't like me, the foreigners. So uh, at that moment, it changed because they was they were they were getting beaten up by those guys who were beating me up, but they were also at the same time beating me up, you know. So I, I didn't make that transition or that connection at that time. But when I won that fight, I was like, okay, now I'm like accepted by both, you know. Right. So yeah, it's like, almost like a respect thing, right? Now uh, you yeah, know, yeah. you're getting beat up, getting beat up, getting beat up. And then you 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 finally decide, okay, this is enough is enough. You fight back, you win, and now everyone's like, oh, okay. Like I, he, he, I told you, I was like, I won that fight by accident. He, he tripped down on a on a bicycle stand, and and I got the upper hand, and that's it. But but at that time, I was like, okay, if this is the way that I get love and respect in the city, and people try to like accept me at that in that way so i had to be that person so i chose yeah. that path oh no it, it was difficult to choose another way so right i mean it was either that way or you try to survive yeah. on a daily basis alone yeah or, or or run away again or move to another city and we, we weren't like prepared for that and we didn't have the money for that mm -hmm. were you the oldest? you said you have what, four siblings yeah i had a i had a bigger brother yeah I, we had we were five but Okay. My my older brother was like sick and lived like in a in a handicap like okay. facility. And it was my bigger sister and me and two younger sisters. So you kind of had to take the role of the yeah. you know the man of the house, right? Yeah, that must have been difficult. Yeah, because I wasn't ready. You you're not ready at twelve. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Sometimes you get like uh, pushed into being or playing a role or getting a role you're not like equipped to so i tried to get equipped and 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 in and, and that city at that time it was the only language they were speaking was like with the fist so and when like when time like moved on and we became like older it became like gangs and we became like more mm -hmm. trying to into like using guns using these types of things you know mm-hmm and then how do you so, end up separating yourself from that lifestyle? And I think like all the time from like 14, there was like a, a youth center here that, that, that made it possible for us to like explore music and all that. So I oh, tried really? to so, so music kind of was able, uh, was a route out. Yeah, it was but, but was. but at that time, there wasn't no like Tupac in Denmark or any like dark skinned rap rappers or musician at that time. It was like very... In Denmark, it's like very far back from the U.S. or Canada or these areas. You know, you 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 like have like a hip hop culture from from like the seventies or something like that. You know, in Denmark, mm. it's the last five or six years. Oh that, yeah, because they're just not up, uh, no current when it comes to like what's going on and trending or yeah. trends and when music. Yeah. Okay, I got you. So it's like there was no foreigner rappers in. In, the, in television or in on stage anywhere so when i tried in like at the age of 14 and and i kept on doing it until i got like into 2007 i got shot and when i got oh shot my I, was, gosh. 
I was like, music is not good. It's taking my like my my views on like away from the the street and onto music. And I felt that I, I like I kind of blamed the music on that. So I, I turned my back on it in 2007. And for like five or six years, I didn't do music and tried to like get out of that gang at that time. So in 2014, 15, I was like, I'm gonna take it up, take it up again, you know. Well, okay. Oh, wow. So you got shot doing music. The, like, you, so you decided well, I, to pursue that path, and then after just after a concert, I got shot. Yeah. Oh like, wow! After a concert, yeah. You were performing, or you were just attending? Yeah, my first performance ever. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. So wow. I I know that's probably obviously very traumatic. I don't know if you mind talking about that at all. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you, you decide to, 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 to do the, you know, music thing and you're going to, yeah, like, well, how, okay. How old were you when you started writing music? 14. Okay. So 14, you're, you're starting to write what hip hop songs or rap songs. Well, before that was like just poems. And like, I started out at like eight or seven poems for girls in the classroom, you know, and, like, <laughs> and at 14, I met a girl that was like signed to a record label. Um, Sony Music, she told me, like, why are you not trying to, like, rap these things? You, you can rap them. Why you don't have to, like, just make them poems? Really? And wow. So you had, there's somebody in the area that you knew that was actually doing music as a yeah. thing. They were doing, like, some Linkin Park type of music, you know? They were, they were called, like, Street Corner Poets at that time. And they were, like, they were, okay, big in Denmark in the, like, subculture, you know? Mm -hmm. So they got a record deal. So... She told me, like, I should try to, like, rap these things. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try to, like, do it. And I kept on doing that until, like, 2007. And, like, in the in our hood, in the stu home studios, you know. And I, I, we made a contact with, a like, a performance house. And we made an agreement on making a show there. And two days after that, I got shot. So I was like, I'm never going to do that again. Oh, so what, what, did you get do you feel like that happened because of the show or it just happened just uh, just it just happened to happen right after because my focus wasn't at the streets my focus was on music and i was like not like oh did you feel like you let your guard down yeah 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 some way yeah i, I wasn't paying attention to what to to everything that was happening around me. okay so, so i went on we, yeah, yeah, so been, you get shot, and then how long do you? Uh, then you have to just get kind of jump right back into that gang life. Yeah, for seven years. Yeah. Oh my god! And then how do you find your way out of it again? I, I, I didn't find my way out. I just like step by step. I was like moving away, but but uh, in in the same way I was moving away was like I was seeing that a lot of these people that was like my friends they ended up shooting my sister's husband at that time in two thousand nine. And oh my I, gosh! And I made the like the the I made the decision at, at 2009 to leave everything, but it wasn't just like overnight to leave that and just go away, you know? Yeah, it was probably something that you can't do, right? Uh, you can't just be like, "All right, guys, I'm leaving the gang. I'm gonna go to pursue no. a different lifestyle." Possible. So we chose like to to stay at the same city and stay in the same block and not move away because we had like a issue with these old friends and it was like either us or them we, we're not leaving even though we're leaving the gang we're not leaving the area so we stayed in the same area because we're like i had this 
the saying that I don't want to leave, like turn my back on my enemies. So if they want to kill me, I want to see them come. So I, I'm not going to like move away and live like five years in a good life and suddenly get shot by someone because I didn't. <laughs> yeah, there. you get caught off guard, right? You felt com- you get comfortable. So we, we, we thought we were like going to stay in this area and like keep living here and try to like make a way out. Mm-hmm. And for like six years or five years, we were like fighting to get out. So uh, a lot of uh, um, attempted killings and all that in those five years. And I think I wrote a book in 2012, the first edition of the book. And like 13, 14 people started changing their minds about who I was and how the situation got out of hand. And the new generation of the guys in the, in the gang was like taking a new view on things and they started like saying that we're on your side you know it's okay that you leave um it's not um, they didn't have the same views of, as the old guys had mm-hmm. so so the the tide shifted like a little bit so i started making music in the area and it started out like being in protest you know yeah like i'm here i'm gonna make the music videos here in this city so that's how it started out Wow. And then did what was like kind of once you started doing that, was there a moment that everything started to kind of pick up for you as, as a musician and uh, like what kept you going? It was just like if for me to like make a statement that we're not going to leave from the city. We're going to keep on making music videos, even though I was not allowed to. I was not allowed to make videos. And but like it took me like three years of making music till I made the big like hit, you know. I didn't know that I was going to make a hit. I was just like making music day to day to day to like just make points and statements, you know? Mm-hmm. So at one point in 2016, I made this song called Bumaye and, and everything went on a different route from there. Okay. And what was like, do you, how did that happen? Do you, like, where did it pop off? Like, how did it all kind of take off? Do you remember? I, I just sent the album to Sony Music Denmark and I was like, I'm just going to send it. My mom was just, just passed away in 14. Oh, so man. I was like, she always wanted me to like, take that route, you know, just doing something else than crime, you know? So I was like, I'm going to take a chance and send it on to Sony. And then they can just like throw it in the trash can. I don't care. I, I, made, <laughs> I made this EP. So let me just send it off. And I sent it. And I was like uh, five or six days later, Sony called me and we, we want to sign, you know? So suddenly I had an, uh, a record deal and, I got some money and then like the song blew off. Oh, wow. So once that happens and then, yeah, I mean, that, that song's massive. Even the streaming numbers here on Spotify are great. <laughs> you know, nearly 20 million people have played the song. That's just, and how does that change everything for you? I mean, obviously signing a record deal is huge. You just signed to Sony, which is a major label. And then the song's doing well. Are you able to get out of that? uh that environment or no because suddenly all of those people like it started uh what you call it um it was a stepping stone for a lot of people in the same environment that wanted to get out and make music so i was one of the first guys that took the beatings you know you everybody was like who do you think you are you think you're tupac you're thinking you know there was a lot of uh, humiliation in that route i took so a lot mm-hmm. of people started out like who do you think you are you think you're tupac and oh, there was a lot of like uh, negative associations about me choosing that route because I came from a background of games. So when I did it and suddenly went well, so I saw like a, 
like a wave of artists after that song that was like beginning to make record deals and getting signed to big labels because they were like, okay, th that's an okay route. If Slamming can do it, they, then everybody can do it. And now today is like the most popular music in Denmark is like urban music. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. People doing number one hits on urban music, like on the streets and gangs and all that. So from 2016 to, to now, it's like been taken over by people from backgrounds in the criminal lifestyle, you know? Wow. So it sounds like, yeah, you kind of started this next wave of like, like yeah, of making yeah. this like a mainstream thing and something that could that's working in, in, in Denmark. Do it. It was like a, a big, a big, like, I can't explain how much it was like hated on people that was trying to like do music, how much it was like looked down on. And it was a no go. Like you couldn't do music if you were in gang activities. You couldn't be a, 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 a public figure if you did gangs or war in gangs or go to music. That was like going the sissy route, you know? Mm hmm. Wow. Okay. Oh, my gosh. And so obviously that changed everything. And now you're you're pursuing music full time. And I can't remember. Did you did you say that you stayed in the same neighborhood, or did you yeah, end up? There, yeah. Are you still there now? Yeah. Wow. The same place. Everything happened. I'm still living there. Wow. Wow. I mean, and so so once you get to the point, you're so then you just continue putting out records, and I mean to continue to to put out songs that are getting the the massive you know streaming numbers that you you're able to achieve on a you know data like song basis where you're putting out different records and they're all doing doing well doing well doing well and doing well are you able to like you know get out of Denmark to perform you know more in different countries or like where are you seeing this i'm sure there's not 19 million people in your within your area that are like you know you're not a local you're not a local thing you know what i mean <laughs> I, I, i've made music with like a lot of french artists i also made a song with six nine uh -huh. uh, on his album but i got in a court like problem with six nine in like 2018 we got in the court because he sold me some like uh, like a song rights for a song and he w didn't have the rights to it. It was like for 10 K records who had the record, like, Oh yeah. yeah. So I, I wanted, I wound up in a third party claim uh, sue between me and six, nine and 10 K records and universal music. That was a big setback for my career. So, because I was like hoping on that song would open doors for me to like go to us and going other places and playing songs. But the Bumaye songs and all the songs on Spotify also got like more than 20% on other streaming, streaming platforms like Deezer, mm -hmm. Topsify, all these um, streaming platforms. So um, I was like hoping for uh, a tour on Europe basis or maybe going to the US with 6 9 I was like dreaming, but then 6 9 case got caught up in yeah. a big case and all that shit happened and... That that closed like the door because I got into a like a big lawsuit for two years. So. Yeah, and he has his own. He had his own problems, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. So, well, the, obviously that song never came out or anything, or did it make his record? It, he, it, it's on his album. It's oh, on, uh, on a uh, the extended edition of his album. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, and and they destroyed it and destroyed the quality and all all of that shit. So, yeah. But but for me, it was like a, 
a victory anyway because I I wound it up on the album and they needed to like like yeah take responsibility for for him going outside of the country and taking money in the pocket to make songs and not being able to sell them. Wow, and and I'm probably I'm sure that that probably born. Uh, his fan base probably found you even more through that song too. Yeah. So for me, it was like, just, I was making with like, like cream from France. I was making with like Marvel loud from France. I was like uh, making with Contra K from Germany and six, nine. It was like, and I had a plan for doing an international album, but mm -hmm. the six, nine thing was like, it put a break on it because then the court rooms and the court sure. cases, yeah, but that for me, nightmare, was, I'm sure. But from where I came and from the city where I came from, and being a, a rapper from Denmark, it was a big experience for me to like even get there. Even though that six nine is not the big rapper he was, but he's still a big name though. Everyone knows who he is. To, to accomplish these things and trying to do music like outside of Denmark, I hope that I will start like a, a new wave that people will try to like trying to do music in Danish and French and trying to like make Danish rap reach other places than Denmark, you know, because we have like this African style of doing rap. So it's like just different. So I wanted the world to hear that. So yeah. that's, that wow. And I, you, you have a couple of new songs out. I, I want to see where, because you know, it's what's crazy about this whole pandemic is that not only you, you you're in totally different, you're across the whole world in Denmark from where I'm at, and everybody is in the same situation, right? I'm sure you're in some sort of lockdown, and you know nobody can leave, and it's like it, this worldwide situation that everyone's like all experiencing at the same time. Yeah. Uh, do you tell me about when like? I must have been March when you guys got shut down too. Like, yeah, tell me about yeah. what that was like in, in March, 2020 and how for here in the United States, we're arrogant and it was like, Oh, this is happening. Like, that's not going to happen here. Like, we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, like, what was like, what were you seeing there as far as like uh, this pandemic happening? How quickly were you shoved inside for X amount of months or years or whatever it may be like, were you guys, were you seeing any of that happening prior to mid-March? And then no. how did that affect you as far as music goes? No jobs, no, no venues, no nothing. No, like every, every like rapper or artist in Denmark, we're like from a country with 5 million people, 6 million people. So if you don't get jobs in Denmark, you're not getting any jobs anywhere. So, uh, and we're like not doing that kind of money like they're doing in the U.S. because there's like a bigger venues, bigger people, bigger audience. So when we got shut down, like people went bankrupt, you know, because mm -hmm. like years not doing jobs, not doing shows, not doing new music. So I tried to like keep on doing music, even though the pandemic was there, but we didn't have the venues. So it's like maybe three or four months back that they started like doing big shows again. So now it's up and running, but it's difficult to like get in again, you know? Right, right. How did you adapt? Were you doing live stream type things or nothing like that? The, 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 the record labels tried to do some like live streams, but was not like doing any big hits. And it was like more of um, like what do you call like uh, Dolly Parton type of Danish music that was being streamed, you know, more like a sense of uh, national music, not not this street and urban music that was getting <laughs> okay. out. It was like yeah. more 
uh, of a high thing for getting people to like get, you know, to like just get people through this hard time of the pandemic. But it wasn't like a big chance for the music industry to do like something new. So it was like, I don't think that many of the urban artists got a benefit from that. Mm -hmm. I don't know for sure. And were you writing songs during this whole, this, this uh, period of time? Yeah. I made like, uh, I made one song uh, in 2021 and we got it out in 22 with some French artists. We had to like go back and forth and travel one at a time. And, and we did the video, we, we made the video, but it's like, we, we, we made it. We did it. We didn't mm-hmm. stop. So we made a song called Don Corleone and we got it out. Yeah. And that's the most recent one, right? Don Corleone. Yeah. Well, tell me about that song. It sounds like it was kind of a, a different process of getting it together, obviously, yeah, having yeah. to send people around. And then what's the, what's the song about? It's about just like, you know, just being on top and like just, you know don't give a damn about anything and trying to like find some energy in this like pandemic time when you didn't have any energy uh so it was like more like of a uh like what you call the laid back song like playing like gangster song because i all my songs have like a social moral ex- like inside of the songs i always put some some kind of um moral like what you call in english is um like, like a lesson put, kind of on yeah, moral like the song has to have a moral for me a mor- like, yeah got you well you know so this song i was like uh, it doesn't need to have any moral or anything it's just gonna be a tough song with two artists one from albania and one from like france and we tried to do it like in three different countries to get everything done so we did we got it done at the end it was like also a, an experience for me to like do something when we weren't able to meet up everybody so we we've had things send up and we made like camera guys flew in and it was like we had to like just be constructive you know yeah was it hard to do that like to adapt to that whole thing yeah because the camera guy was in france and like the other camera guy was in denmark and the third camera guy was in sweden and the (laughs) was in, in like in albania and they weren't allowed to get out of albania because they were on lockdown so it's like but we, we got it done. So we did it anyway. So it was like a process, but we got like to learn if this is going to be something that's going to get back and come back, then we know like how to like work around it. So it's, a, it's an experience. I love it, man. It's a great song. It's a really, really good song. And um, do you have any more? Part? Do you have any more in the can coming up? Or like, is this going to be a part of a... I'm just going... See, what I, what I do is I'll look at the like, previous song before it, and I noticed that, that Don Carillon has a similar, uh, you know, vibe as far as artwork goes. Does, does that mean that it's going to kind of come together in a project? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm working on, like, some songs now. I'm trying to, like, to, like, time it with, with the book. So there's going to, like, oh. come some songs after the book. Yeah. So you, you wrote this book. And do you have another book coming out? Or is this the uh, one that you've never really, have you ever released it or put, or put it out? And no, this book, this book, we started on working with me. It's like we, we had made one in 2012 mm-hmm. in Denmark, Danish. And we started the process to like do a, do a book for the American market and adapt the book and try to like do some new things and like cut a lot of things out. 
because like the the US market is not like the Danish market. So we knew to, and we had to like update the book about the music because the music wasn't in the first book. These things wasn't in the book that I was originally did. So we did a new book with the and I think he's a author for a newspaper. He's called Dart Adams. And we we like got into an agreement and we did the books together. So it's, it's a whole new thing. I don't know how it's going to be received in the US, but it's like just a new thing, you know? Wow. Okay. So the book is going hand in hand with, with uh, the music you're putting out now. Yeah. I'm going to do some things. Yeah. Wow. Well, and is the book a, you know, autobiography of your life? Yeah. Wow. Also, it's like, also, it, yeah, I don't know. It's like more of a story of how, like, we just got through it with like a, a big brush. But, you know, but in, in my life, there was a lot of things like that also played a role in the social life of my family and and uh, my mom. And and she almost got killed and I almost got killed. And, my you know, so we had a lot of like things we went through as a family that, that's, that's also in the book. So it's also about being a, you know, a foreigner in Europe and how to like adapt in that society because it's like, it's different from, it's not so different from the African-American in, in the US, but here it's like, it's also a cultural thing. It's also mm -hmm. a bit a, a, like religion is also playing a part of it and skin color, you know? So a lot of things is not being said, but, in, and it's not being blamed on that, but the thing about integrating in a society, it needs to have like two parties being ready for it. And neither the Danish were ready for us to stay and we weren't ready to be here, you know? So that made a lot of social problems that like, yeah, like you can like substitute it with the, the, the projects in the U S and we're like a 50 years back. So, so we need to learn from what happened in the U S or in Canada or in Germany or in France to like get through this hard time because we have like a parallel society in Denmark, like two societies that know each other, you know? Yeah. It's almost like you can see what's happening here in the U S which is still quite a mess and everything is trying to be, you know, uh, there's obviously more attention on it now than, than ever. And, and social change and things that are, are happening to try to change the, the, direction yeah. and everything that's happened, you know, over the course of hundreds of or hundred years or whatever, but, but you putting out this book and this record to go along with it, sounds like it's bringing awareness. Like, Hey, like we've where you said you're 50 years behind wherever we are, whatever, but you you've seen 50 years of what's not working and let's, let's nip it in a bud now and try to, and try to change. Yeah, and I'm also trying to like make awareness of that, you know, sometimes Europe can be used in like social, when they talk about welfare in the US or Joe Biden or anybody's talking about, oh, it's so like that in a socialistic country, you know? So they use us as an example, but not everything is working here, you know? Mm -hmm. It's working for some, some parts of the society, but not every part of society. We're not getting integrated. You know, if you look at the American football team, like national football team or mm -hmm. uh, soccer teams, then you see a mix of, of cultures. You see names like Hernandez. You see names like... Oh, uh, yeah. And Denmark. most of the best players are not from, <laughs> from here. <laughs> Denmark, on, on our national football team, we, doesn't, we don't have any like Hernandez on our teams. No diversity. No. As far as that goes. Uh, yeah, people coming from enough. other countries. Yeah. 
we're not integrated enough. So, you know, it's hard to like support a football team that doesn't include everybody, you know? Sure. No. And then you, you, you know, you're watching a team too, which must be difficult. You're watching a team that doesn't include you. Right. Or, or your, your people that have been living there forever or, you know, yeah. Denmark, we are behind. And, and what I'm trying to do is like make awareness of those problems. Maybe when you tell your brother that he shouldn't be hitting you, he wouldn't understand. But if you tell to your mom and dad, Maybe your mom and dad can say, "Hey, you're doing it wrong," you know. So when you like point out of point out some social problems in a country, it's not because the country is bad. The country is good, and the people in the country is good. We're not, but we're not like finding common ground. Mm-hmm. We're like two societies in one country. We're not mixing it together. We're not becoming a wholeness. We're right, two. Like- we're not coming together, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. That's like the, the issue with the book and how people can come to a country with all these opportunities and still miss all those opportunities, you know? Mm-hmm. I love so what, how, how positive you are, man. I mean, just trying to trying to come out and, and you know that you have these big songs and, and you, you have a platform to speak on and, and the way that you are using it, I think, is a beautiful thing. Thank you, man. Thank you. I, I hope to, like, if I can do... Um, like if you can if you can do something negative and you can turn it around and use it in some way constructive to for other people to like okay think okay that's why he did it wrong and I, maybe I shouldn't do that maybe this could be something that could help another kid you know in somewhere in I don't know maybe in Denmark even though in, it's in English but my my whole point of this book is like doing something good right taking like, a negative and making it a positive yeah. Yeah, changing it. Yeah, changing it around. You're like, I did something bad in my life and I tried to change it around and you can also do that. You know, it doesn't need to be society's fault. You can, you can take control of your own life and do something with it, you know? It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be music. It could be basketball. It could be whatever. I know that's a, a, a thing that's been said so many times, but the difference is that where I come from, I don't have a passport. I'm not, I'm not a citizen of any country. I don't have... Oh, wow. I'm stateless. You know, if you ask me where you're from, I don't have any state. I'm not Danish. I'm not American. I'm not, I'm nothing. I just have a trip to the voyage. You know, I, I only have a travel document. I could travel some countries, not all countries. I cannot do what I want. I'm free, but I'm not free. You know? Wow. Oh, oh my gosh. So you couldn't even, uh, it, it will take time for you to even be able to leave certain countries and even come out here to the United States. Yeah, I would need an invitation to get to the U.S. Well, I'm giving you an invitation right now. I got a room for you, man. I'd love to see you play here. I, I moved recently moved to Nashville. I'm from California, Southern California. And my family and I moved to Nashville, and we have an extra room. And I'd love to see you perform. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, know, I don't know the legality of it all, but I'll write you a note. No, but, you know, but it's like, it's like that, that's another issue around everything, you know? Being free, but not being free, you know? Not sure. being able that i'm i'm from there or i'm from there i don't have any state so that's also like a social problem that hasn't been solved in like 70 years for some people i I don't i just think like a human being everybody should belong somewhere you know right that's that's the thing you know and and it's funny that we in 2022 have people that has a document that says you don't have a state you don't belong anywhere you know yeah that blows my mind that you can't just be like 
Yeah, I've been living here since you you moved there when you were like four years it's, old, right? Six years, but because I've been convicted of of felonies, even though like my my crime sheet is clean after twenty years, so I would never be able to apply for citizenship in Denmark. Never, even though my kids have citizenship, I haven't. My mom has citizenship, I haven't. Still, that so doesn't that blows mom, my, my mind. My mom is dead and she's buried in Denmark, but I maybe I'm not able to be here forever to visit her grave because I don't belong here, you know? Oh my gosh. So the, you the think has, that like, yeah, that, that I, I'm, that to me, this is just so like, I, I feel so bad, but I, the, what you're doing to turn it all around is so admirable. And I, and I have so much respect, but I mean, I can't imagine having kind of, you're in this limbo situation. Like you can't just even probably can you go back to Lebanon and be like, hey, I was oh, born I'm not here. Welcome. I'm welcome there. You know? Yeah. I'm not welcome there. That's so. Because they're, 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 so for me, I would love to just stay in Denmark, but it would be nice to go to UCLA or make a seminar on the book for TED right. Talk or, or do something, you know, but I'm, it's very like restricting to be stateless. Yeah. I mean, hopefully with this book and, at least, not at least, but at least, with, yeah, no, with the internet now and you can reach people across the world in that sense, like hopefully this will be able to not only bring awareness, but maybe bring some sort of change and, 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 and be able to, to have somebody come forward and be like, you, you know, Denmark will give you the paper or, you know, or whatever you want it to be. I mean, it's, it's just so crazy to me that this is something that, that you are still living with. It's, it's an aspect of life that you need to like, um, uh, like settle in with. It's like, it's, you can't do anything about it. But the, the thing is, if I have a platform to say anything that maybe can change the minds of people making decisions or people in the work of, in the line of work with kids, with, mm -hmm. with, you know, with, with people that has problems, with issues, with like projects, and they could like make another view on things and maybe see a kid that maybe is like going the wrong path, helping them back. You know, if I could, if they could use my story for something positive, then that would be all like worth all the trouble I've been through making this book. So mm -hmm. for me, like trying to do this book, I, I was like not being in a, uh, in a safe place uh, for like two or three years where people were, were trying to like shut me down. So mm -hmm. it has some cost to do something good. It, it, doing something good is never uh, like free, you know? So you mm -hmm. have to like be able to pay the price or be ready to it. So for me, I'm ready to pay the price for trying to do something good. I'm not saying that my book is like uh, the big S, you know, but I think that it would tell something or show a problem or, or a, a policies in Europe that maybe is helping uh, like gangs grow in this society because we have a lot of money in Denmark. It's like, it's not a, uh, it's not a poor society. So why, right. does, why does these issues become a problem in a, in a society that's so rich? There must be like two societies in this society for this to like, be able to breathe, you know? Mm -hmm. So you have a society where everybody lives on the other side of the street where I live. They're like in the villas and in the big houses for like five or six or seven millions. And then you have us in the projects right across the street. So it's, it's like two worlds, 
just like looking at the other world, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, your story is so inspiring. And uh, I really would love to get a copy of your book when you put it out. Would you have a date on that? Eight of eight August. August oh, so it's, yeah. Coming up quickly then. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, the record is the record coming out in on the same day, or is that something that's no. going to come out later? I've like try to do it on the 21st of September on my birthday. Oh, your birthday is September 21st? Yeah. Mine's September 23rd. We're so close. Timber <laughs> <laughs> kids are the best. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, man. Well, I, I really, really appreciate your time today. I love how, uh, how vulnerable you've been and telling me your story. I re- again, I really, really appreciate it. Um, I'm definitely going to order your book. I cannot wait to read it. Um, inside is it called instead of becoming instead we became evil is that the, the book title yeah okay i'm ready to get it um and is that something we can gra- grab on your social media like where can people find the book and they can find it on kingston imperial or in on penguin random house page or wow. amazon or amazon or it's gonna be uh, available in walmart i think so wow. i think it's gonna be available that's alone. Huge for you man that's so cool Sounds like a lot of people are going to be able to get their eyes on it. I love that. Hope so. And the people who did the cover were people that was like working on DC Comics. So I hope that. Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah. because the cover is amazing. Yes, I hope that's like going to be like for people to like, oh, this book, we we need to have this book. Yeah, it's definitely drawing people in for sure. I love it. I cannot wait to read the book and I appreciate your, your time today. Thank you so much for, for telling us your story. Um, I love the music. I can't wait to read the book. And uh, I just have one more quick question for you before I let you go. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Just do it. Don't care about what people say. No one believed that I could do it. No one's, everybody said that I couldn't do it. It's not about music. You could be a producer. You could be whatever. Just if you believe it and you can feel it, then just do it. If you can't feel it and we're trying to force it, then it's not you. But if it's there, then it's there. Yeah? So mm-hmm. grow your energy, whatever it is. <laughs>